It is Thursday, July 25th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it's time for another episode of The Rally, and it comes after another victory for Scranton-Wilkes-Barre over the Columbus Clippers. Clippers would have the best record in the International League if not for their six meetings against the Rail Riders this year. Scranton-Wilkes-Barre has taken five out of six, including 8-2 last night over Columbus. We dive right into the highlights, and for the Columbus Clippers, they got it started early in the bottom of the second inning. Ryan Flaherty smoked a two-run home run off of Brody Kerner, and that made it 2-0 Columbus. But Kerner, he locked in six innings, four hits, two runs. So the rest of the way, he went four more innings and allowed just one more hit. He was great. He got the victory, and that's because the Rail Riders offense rallied. In the top of the third inning, trailing 2-0, the leadoff man batting seventh in the order, the all-star, Ryan McBroom. Beautiful night. 2-2 to McBroom. The pitch is a swing and a fly ball lifted down the left field line. This is plenty fair, and it's plenty gone. Takes a couple of hops off the restaurant in left center field, and Ryan McBroom circles the bases. He makes it 2-1 Columbus here in the third. That's his second home run in just about the last 100 at-bats or so, so it's been slow going for McBroom on the power side of things, but the batting average continues to rise. He continues to be one of the best average guys in the International League. Batting average is really strong. It's up over 310, approaching 315 this year. So that made it 2-1, and it gave the Rail Riders some life against right-hander Xiao Ching Chang. In the fourth inning, the Rail Riders had runners at first and third with nobody out, and a double play ball helped produce the game's tying run. So through four innings, it's tied at two, and so we jump ahead to the fifth inning. Ryan McBroom homered earlier. He struck out against Chang in the fifth, and the next man up, Zach Zayner. The 2-1 to Zayner. Drives it the opposite way. This is headed back to the warning track wall, and it's gone. Over top of the 365 mark, above the 22-foot high wall, just underneath the video board, Zach Zayner's seventh home run. And Scranton Wilkesbury takes a 3-2 lead. Following the home run by Zayner, the Rail Riders added another run. Cameron Mabin walked. The rehabber came around to score. And so Scranton Wilkesbury played at two runs in the top of the fifth, and they go from being down by two runs to being up by a couple of runs. Four straight runs makes it 4-2 Rail Riders. The score would remain 4-2 until the seventh inning, and the man who already homered and who also already singled earlier in the game came to bat again, leading off the seventh inning. It's Zach Zayner. 2-1, and one, the pitch home. Swing and a rocket to right center field. This one's crushed by Zach Zayner. He sails it over the batter's eye in center and look out at the boulevard beyond right center here at Huntington Park. Fans go scrambling off to the parking lot, hurdle some shrubbery to get the souvenir. Zach Zayner's second home run of the night, and it's 5-2 Rail Riders. An absolutely incredible blast by Zayner, and he made it 5-2. The Rail Riders added three more runs in the ninth just for some cushion for closer J.P. Fireisen, who went two scoreless, hitless innings and struck out four batters en route to his fifth save of the season, a game that took two hours, 47 minutes to complete before 8,848 fans at Huntington Park in Columbus. Before yesterday's game, we had a chance to chat with Cameron Maben, who went 0 for 2 with a walk and a run scored yesterday. But the day before Tuesday, he went 4 for 5 with a home run, a double, three runs scored. An absolutely incredible first game back as he's trying to return to the Yankees from a calf injury. 
And for Cameron Maben, that's what we wanted to know. How are you doing and where do you stand on your journey back to the big leagues? Especially following a game on Tuesday night where the Rail Riders got out to such a hot start with four runs in the top of the first inning. Welcome back inside the Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders pregame show. We've got a 12:05 first pitch here on Getaway Day in Columbus, beautiful ballpark, Huntington Park, and a real shame we only get to come here just once a year. That's not what the former New York Yankees would say. This is where they called home for the better part of almost three decades. And someone who had been along for the ride, one of the team historians, is what we would give you as your unofficial title on the pregame show. Joe Santry is our guest, and really, what goes through your mind? when the Rail Riders come to town and you do see that NY patch on their sleeves, one that you were familiar with being your guys for a while? Well, you know, you walk in and it's the faces you recognize. The Tommy Phelps who pitched for us uh, 20 years ago. Uh, Darren London, who for 14 years was our trainer. It's just, it, it gives you a warm feeling. You know, it's like friends coming home. When you think back to those days when when Tommy Phelps and Darren London were your guys versus the enemy, what makes that New York Yankees era stand out? Well, you know, uh, it was the class of the Yankees. It was wonderful. George Steinbrenner's mom lived in Columbus, and he would come and visit her. And suddenly I'd be in the press box, and I'd turn around, there's George Steinbrenner. And it's like... You know, everybody, you <laughs> stop goofing off. But he would come in. He loved to talk college football. Uh, he didn't really talk too much baseball with us, but we would sit down and talk about the Purdue Boilermakers and Ohio State and Michigan, and we'd have a great time. The Yankees were part of the affiliation here, 1979 to 2006. I mentioned almost three decades and just countless players that have come through the doors, not necessarily here at Huntington Park, but obviously guys that Yankee fans, people listening to these broadcasts would be more than familiar with. So what were some of the highlights when you think back to the great players who came through? Well, you know, uh, you stop and think, Rigetti, Mattingly, Balboni, it was a minor league legend here uh we had jeter we had posada we had uh the core four the core four was on our 1995 team and we really had to play hard the last week of the season not to finish in last place (laughs) what happened (laughs) you know but you know you look and jeter was Jeter. we knew jeter before he was jeter if you know what i mean but he made brilliant plays, and everybody would just go, whoa! And you could tell. Uh, Bernie Williams was here, and uh, I can remember we used to have something called Party at the Park every Friday night. We'd have a local band, you know, play after the game or before the game, whichever it happened to be. And he would go out and play with them. Great guitarist. And uh, everybody would just sit there and watch Bernie play. (laughs) When you think about the core four, was it obvious then, as it is in hindsight, what they were destined to be? Well, um, if I would say Pettit, you could just tell the body was there, you know. Uh, He wasn't quite as polished as he was in New York, but uh, he was a kid. Uh, Jeter, you could see. Now, Jeter would make three great plays and then would back home one in the hole and send it 18 rows up in the grandstand. But that's what you do when you're a teenager. Uh, Posada was our regular catcher, and then he, I think it was his leg he broke, maybe an ankle, play at the plate. And he said that made him realize that he took his talent for granted. 
and he really dedicated. You could see the difference in that one one year to the next. The one that was a little bit surprising was Mo. He was a starting pitcher here. In fact, I was the official scorer the day he threw the no-hitter. You could just, you just, he had two pitches, basically. and But those two pitches were the best in baseball. When he went up, uh, I got to give Joe Torrey, he, he just worked with him beautifully. Him and Mel Stottlemyre, uh just admirable. Uh, but, yeah, they, they were something. Uh, they were fun to watch. We're here with Joe Santry, team historian, part of the communications department for the Columbus Clippers, and we're reminiscing about the the days, the years, nearly 30 years in which the New York Yankees affiliation was here in Columbus. As the Rail Riders come to town, they have Cameron Maben on their roster. You talked about some of the great players that played coming up the ranks as Yankees here in Columbus, but I have to imagine there were some pretty neat rehab appearances for the Clippers as well. Yeah, um, that's one of the fun things we get to do in AAA. Um, Every team gets a few rehabs, and you never know. We had Francisco Lindor earlier this year uh, come back. Uh, But uh, in 2004, we're playing, and in a short span of time, we had the entire Yankee starting pitching rotation pitching for us. We had Mike Mucina. We had Kevin Brown. We had Orlando Hernandez. We had Jose Contreras. And I kept thinking, who's in New York? (laughs) Do they need me? But uh, no, uh, in that same year was when Robinson Cano was a 20-year-old. That was a lot of fun. And it happens every year. And I think it happens more now than when I was young. Uh, But uh, I can remember once uh, uh, I'm walking through to get the lineup out of the uh, clubhouse and we're taking batting practice, and there's like four guys hanging around the cage. And Frank Howard, who was a mm-hmm. all-star power hitter, and he's from Columbus, but he was coaching for us. And he yells at me. He called me Joe Goodbuddy. I, he couldn't remember my last name. He goes, Joe Goodbuddy, come here. I want to introduce you to some of my friends. So I hopped the fence, and I walked over. And on the other side of the batting cage is Don Mattingly. Reggie Jackson, and I'm forgetting somebody, but it was another Yankee legend. And I'm like dumbfounded. He goes, Joe, you're always so talkative. Why aren't you talking? <laughs> it's freaking Reggie Jackson. <laughs> but uh, no, Frank was great. And uh, it's, it's like that whenever the Yankees come to town. And one final question for you here on the pregame show as we get closer and closer to first pitch on a 12.05 day game in Columbus, getaway day, the finale of a three-game set. Is there a a story? Minor League Baseball is so cute and local and just it feels like there are neighborhood local kind of stories that that filter in and out of ballparks is there is there something that you can pass along that has to do with the steeped history that the Columbus Clippers have here? I was up in our uh, restaurant, and we have a 130-foot bar with half of its Yankees. And uh, there were two young girls, uh, college co-eds from Ohio State, and they're looking at the bar and going, look, it's Luke Danes, it's Luke Danes. Now, I'm the historian. I'm supposed to know everybody who's played here, and I don't know a Luke Danes. So I thought, well, they got the wrong name. That happens to all of us. 
Well, suddenly there's like 20 girls, and they're going crazy like it's Justin Bieber or Elvis or the Beatles or something. And so I, curiosity got the better part of me, so I walked over and I peeked over their shoulder and I go, ladies, this is not Luke Danes. He says, this is Scott Patterson. He was a Yankees pitcher back in the 80s. He pitched for the Clippers. They're going, no, he plays Luke Danes on the Gilmore Girls. I never got a chance to see the Gilmore Girls. So I ran back to the press box and I Googled the Gilmore Girls. Scott Patterson's now a Broadway actor. So, you know, all these players all have great, great stories, even if they're minor career minor leaguers. Joe Santry, team historian for the Columbus Clippers. For better part of 30 years, the Clippers, a New York Yankees minor league affiliate. Now, of course, the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. Thank you so much for the time this morning. We'll be back with starting lineups next on NEPA Sports Radio, the game. Big thanks to Cameron Maven for being our guest yesterday, and thanks to you for making the rally part of your day today. We've got first pitch this afternoon, 12.05 here on Getaway Day in Columbus. Pre-game coverage with Adam, Marco, and me begins at 11.35 on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino. G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you just a little bit later on today.